Robert Louis Stevenson once wrote, Some places speak distinctly. Certain dank gardens cry aloud for a murder. Certain old houses demand to be haunted. Certain coasts are set apart for shipwrecks. Some homes come with a lot of personality, history, and stories. But what if the home you purchased came with ghosts? For Robert Koshlin, that's just what happened when he purchased the historic Harris House back in 2013. The historic Harris House is located in Glendale, California, and it's a beautiful two-story Victorian transitional home that dates back to the early 1900s. It's recently been the location of several popular horror films, including 2019's The Final Wish and other music videos and TV shows. But recently, one film crew in particular had captured a ghost photo inside one of the upstairs rooms. Others, including the owner, have also experienced paranormal activity there as well. So on today's mini-sode, Holly Weird Paranormal traveled to the historic Harris House for Bizarre Los Angeles Historical Presentation and Paranormal Ghost Hunt as we investigated and learned more about the creepy Harris House. Figure out what EVP we caught and if there's a ghost dog and an old man that haunts the second floor. So let's travel to the Harris House. Everyone there is dying to meet you. The Harris House is a two-story, single-family residence located in Glendale, California at the southwest corner of Wilson Avenue and Cedar Street. The home was built in 1902. It is an outstanding and remarkably intact example of residential architecture in early Glendale. A comparison between the current structure and a photo published in a 1904 brochure produced by the Glendale Improvement Association suggests that little has changed over the past 116 years. I'm actually 117, so I remember that. Stylistically, the house is a transitional hybrid that emerged as an ornate Victorian forms were rejected in favor of the more organic, horizontal qualities of the craftsman style. It was built before Glendale's 1906 incorporation and its original address, 304 West 3rd Street, reflects the time when the city's east-west streets were numbered and north-south streets were indicated by letters. The first owner of the house was Harriet Harris, a widow who lived in the house until 1917 and for whom the house, the Harris House, is named. There are some gaps in the subsequent ownership history, but it is known that Anna M. McCrea and her daughter Catherine lived in the house between 1921 and 1942. Mary Roseanne Reese acquired the house in 1942 and ran a boarding home for women from the home. The upstairs bathroom recalls that time with its dual toilet stalls and dual showers. It was then bought by Eileen Daviton in 1981, and she and her husband John Manis sold it to the current owner, Robert Koshland, in 2013. According to Robert, it seems like the past owners of the house may not have moved on. In other words, it's haunted AF, so good luck, girl, and the investigation. Okay, bye, and bye to all the ghosts.
Bravo, girl. I'm very proud of you, even though I didn't put enough creepiness or booze into that story. And I'm sure some of our listeners can agree that they are wanting to hear the beads of sweat roll down your forehead and onto the ground. But maybe next episode. So, guys, if you're curious about where the Harris House is located, then you can hop on over to 822 East Wilson Avenue in Glendale, California, because that's where it will be. And that is just for our, you know, curious, macabre, or paranormal LA seekers. It's definitely a great place to go and drive by, take a look at. You know, if Robert's not doing anything, you can knock on the door and say hi. But it's definitely a very beautiful house and a very eclectic house at that. And of course, when it comes to old Victorian houses, you got to wonder, are there any ghosts? Is it haunted? And sure enough, I found out that it is. So here are the things. Back in March 8th and 9th, Bizarre Los Angeles, a.k.a. Craig Owens, who is the amazing and talented author of Haunted by History, Volume 1, did an amazing historical presentation based out of the Harris House, but it didn't stop there. It also included a paranormal investigation and walkthrough of the entire house, which was really, really awesome and amazing. And I was very flattered and in awe when he approached your girl right over here, to lead a paranormal investigation group on the second floor in one of the most active locations of the house, which was the rec room that was connected to the master bedroom. And that area, highly active. We'll go into that soon. And um, that bedroom, very creepy. But we'll save the best for last. Along with a very, very unique EVP that I collected while doing a session in that room with a group of thrill seekers, of course. So let's just jump into it and cross this creepy threshold and get into the unusual and unexplainable ghost stories that Robert shared with the rest of the group. The first story is uh, the story of the chair. You see, there's a chair that was on the second floor of the house, and when Robert and his wife purchased the house, It came with this chair, and they just decided, okay, we're just going to keep it. And the chair sat at the foot of their bed in the master bedroom. Well, one night, Robert's wife woke up to find an old man sitting on the chair. And she completely flips out, wakes up Robert, as one should, of course. I mean, seeing an old, weird man sitting, you know, at the foot of your bed on a chair, I, I mean, I would first off throw something, right? But she freaks out, wakes up Robert. Robert turns on the light, and right after he turns on the light, the man disappeared. So they couldn't explain what occurred. The wife swore up and down that she saw an old man sitting on that chair at the foot of their bed. So they end up moving the chair out of the room because the wife just couldn't sleep with that chair in there. So a few months later, the couple had a friend who was a psychic come over and spend the night at their house. Their friend ends up doing a little walkthrough and later asks the couple, so what do you think about the old man that sits at the foot of your bed every night? The couple was surprised because they did not breathe a word about the chair and about the old man sitting on that chair that night. 
And then their friend tells them, well, you see, he's a little upset with you because you took away his chair and he has nowhere to sit. So now he sits at the foot of your bed every single night. Creepy. If it was Bryce, burn the bed, burn the house, right? But it gets weirder. She picked up another entity that was roaming around the house. She picked up a vision of a little sick girl that would run back and forth on the second floor from the bathroom and into one of the rooms. A few weeks later, the couple had another friend staying the night at their house and one night the friend woke up in the middle of the night to find a little girl jumping up and down on her bed. The friend got so freaked out that she just threw the covers out from under her and rushes out of the room and makes a beeline into the bathroom. Now, while she's making that beeline into the bathroom, she said that it felt like someone or something brushed against her. And she heard a little girl's voice say, sorry. So was it the little girl, the little sick girl that was running back and forth between the bathroom to the rooms? Quite possibly. But the friend never came back to spend the night. So here's another creepy story, too. It's not 100% paranormal, but it is pretty interesting. A while back, Robert was greeted and visited by grandchildren of one of the past owners. And Robert was kind enough to ask the, you know, grandchildren if they wanted to take a look inside the house. So they graciously obliged and they walked in and did a little walkthrough. Robert noticed that they walked to the second floor and they kind of stood frozen at one of the bedrooms that was on the left side of the staircase. He asked him, what's going on? And the grandchildren told him, well, we were never allowed in this room. This was our grandmother's room. She never wanted any of us to enter this room. We were never allowed. And we just have this weird vibe of walking into this room, which was kind of funny because Robert had this gentleman rent the room and he felt very uneasy in that room as if someone didn't want him there. And after the man moved out, Robert just had the room completely closed off. So during the tour, we were told that we were not allowed to enter that room because that was grandmother's room. Now we're getting into the creepier parts of the house. And surprisingly, it wasn't the basement, guys. We actually toured the basement and the basement doesn't have any activity. But we did enter the rec room, which was on the second floor. And that room is connected to the master bedroom, which is the room where Robert has had a lot of experiences with the old man and an unusual black blue smoky mist we'll go into that later the rec room is a very interesting room and a lot of things happen there robert shared a story about dogs and that room in particular the rec room whenever people would bring their dogs to the house the dogs would just immediately go up to the stairs past the other rooms and go directly into the rec room and go crazy running around as though something or someone was calling them or beckoning them into that room. Robert and his girlfriend Cleopatra have a rescued Pomeranian, and they even mention that their little Pomeranian, this is so adorable, Mr. Apricot, yes, isn't that adorable? Mr. Apricot at times would go into the room and just run around back and forth going crazy as if something or someone is playing with the dog or another theory is 
that it could be a ghost dog, which they have seen, heard, and felt in and around the house. So not only does this house have a creepy old man, but it also has a ghost dog, which is really, really cute. So it might be the ghost dog that is beckoning these other dogs to come into the room whenever they enter the house and even playing with Mr. Apricot. Who knows? But the rec room has also been witness to some unusual activity. So I'll leave it up to both Craig Owens and Robert on this little recording that I took from the rec room on the night of March 8th. And you definitely don't want to miss these stories out, guys, because they are pretty creepy and very unexplainable. But it makes you wonder, what's there? is probably the most active room from what uh, I've heard the stories. Now, this is the room where the dogs love to run around. Uh, Robert told the story. I'll give the clean version, but... <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but, but apparently, apparently he, was, he was with uh, his wife on the sofa or whatnot, and, and she looks up and sees uh, a man at the doorway. The old man. The old man staring at her. Staring at the bow. <laughs> the door was open or closed? The door was open. Yeah, so that's a bedroom right in there. Also, there's a great story I'm going to let Robert tell, but it's a, it's a <clears throat> poltergeist-type phenomenon in this room. So, um, and it, it, all I will say to lead up to it is look at that hole cut in the floor yeah, right there with that. the knob. And I'll uh, turn that one over to you. Okay, so does anyone know what that is, by the way? Pigeon hole? That's nice. I wish pigeons came out of that. <laughs> <laughs> anyone know what that would be for? Yeah. Talk to someone downstairs? Uh, good guess. Uh, what it is, is a pipe, and it connects to a chimney that's actually now blocked. And back in the day, a wood-burning stove would have been connected there. Mm -hmm. So you would have had a pipe that came out and down, and we'd have a wood-burning stove in this room. Um, there's like four or five of these in different rooms in the house that you may or may not encounter while you're here or see. And um, that's also why there's so many doors in the house. So back in the day, it was hard to like keep the house warm, so you would just close off all the doors and, and heat each room individually. So anyway, so that's connected to a chimney that's blocked. It, there's another one directly below us in the uh, living room. In fact, I've had DJs when we would just drop a cable all the way through, so they're all connected. So one day, and in particular, it was New Year's Day, and it was two or maybe three years ago was when uh, the first season of Westworld came out, because we were watching Westworld. So I was watching Westworld with two friends. We were on that couch, and the couch was pulled up to about here. Just watching on the TV. And it was, the, it was on New Year's Day, it was in the middle of the day, but we had all the blinds drawn, it was, it was dark in here. And I had already seen it, so I was kind of like spacing out, and I was thinking I was kind of sad. And a lot of the weird things that happened seemed to coincide with me being sad about a thing. So sometimes they say I'm personally haunted, or I just bring it out, I don't know. So I, I'm, I'm not paying attention, I'm thinking, why am I sad right now? Why am I so sad? And right then, enormous crashing sound happens like in the room to the point where all three of us scream we're like ah! and we're like what was that what was that i don't know something just fell down or i don't know what so we, we we got up turned the light on and we're like looking around that like plug had shot across the room and hit the wall it had shot across the room with enormous force and hit the wall um and scared the crap out of us 
that chimney's blocked. There was no, no other ones came off and it wasn't windy or anything. It was just like a day, just like now, like it was just it's still out. So I don't know exactly what happened, but that thing shot out. And if you try and take that out by your hand, it takes a lot of force to get it out. So if someone had been here when that happened, they would have been injured by it because it, it was like a, a cannon, um, really just crazy. So, so that was the thing that happened. The film crew um, thing, which I, I will get the photo out, um, it was a student production. It was a group of Saudi uh, students that were here, and somehow they were using the house to look like a, a dormitory in Saudi Arabia. And they actually weirdly did a great job. I was like, "How are you? I don't even know how you're doing this." The guest room, they had like hammocks and like it just—they really just did a thing. But in it, in their movie, a, a girl gets sent to like this school. A home for girls because she had like a magazine or something and that's something that like you get a lot of trouble for uh and she kills herself so it was a depressing story so <clears throat> they were they were getting ready for this scene and there was like a pipe going across the room and the, the girl's hanging she was standing on uh, like an apple box just holding on and what happens is then she just dangles from it and they do their scene right so they were setting up and taking photos, and then they take this one weird photo. So I had gone to lunch, I wasn't even in the house. I come back, and one of them comes up and is like, do you have ghosts in the house? And I was like, maybe, why? And they're like, we think they took a photo of one. I was like, I was like, well, what's it look like? They're like, it looks kind of like smoke. I was like, yes, that's what they look like. And then they all freaked out, and then they, were, they got all these like, um, Arabic prayers and chants, and they were, everyone was walking around with their phones with these Arabic prayers. So I was like, it was really spooky, spookier than the photo. I was just like, this is really it's like these echoing like prayers through the house. So, um, so anyway, so that's that was that story. So I have the photo, and what it is is a series of pictures um, that culminate in this weird photo. So. I'll show you in groups, I guess. So here, here they are. They're just getting ready. And they were taking these photos. <clears throat> and then in the last photo, oops. Wait. Do, do. What's the problem here? Oh, in the last photo. You see it? It's like a black shroud mm -hmm. that Ooh. just kind of comes in. Mm -hmm. Comes down. Yeah. Like on his head, right? Yeah, it was yeah. a series of five photos, which it doesn't appear oh. in. Like all taken within a few seconds of each other, and you know, it's partially obscuring the light. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can sort of see through it a little. Face. Yeah. 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 So. It's almost like someone dumping black sand. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like a bucket That's what it of black like. sand. Yeah. <laughs> but what's what's interesting uh, is again when you know that the history was a this used to be a women's boarding house. And then you get a film crew shooting something where they recreated a women's dormitory. Mm -hmm. And then you get this. Mm -hmm. So this, uh, there may be a correlation. I mean, I always say that, you know, when I did my photo shoots at, in haunted locations, I would pick a story uh, from the history, reenact it, and sometimes paranormal activity would, would, out, would break out. So this may be part of the, this may be a clue as there, there may have been some real drama here when it was a, a women's boarding house. <clears throat> Must have been some deep undercurrents or something. But also, it just to me, 
my first impression is it looks like a black shroud coming in or a bucket of black sand. And it looks like the woman is about to hang herself in the photo itself. And I think that, that, you know, it makes you wonder, okay, the hood, it's like a hood Mm -hmm. over the head, you know, uh, what does it mean? Was there a suicide here? I don't know. And certainly found no record of it. But, um, so I won't go there. But I will say that uh, there, there may have been some very drama. And of course, I still am wondering what happened to that guy in 1936 that died at the age of 30, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, was he a suicide or did he die of illness? Maybe he was in a car accident, no one knows. So I look at photos like this, if they are paranormal, it's a clue, it, it's trying to convey something. Something got stirred up, it's trying to convey, and the best we got is this like black shroud. Okay, we're gonna get on some. Um, as we come in, come in all the way. Um, and the thing that happened in this room is going to be one of the mo- most, it was the most dramatic thing that I've ever experienced in this context. So this is the, the room of the infamous old man in the chair. Um, when that incident happened, the bed was opposite, was on that wall, and the chair was here against the wall, directly facing the bed in a uh, classic horror movie setup. So. Um, one of the scariest things is we had a film here recently and they had like all these antique dolls and they like lined them up along here all facing the bed and then they were here for like a week maybe longer I don't know it was like terrifying and they were like they'd be like okay we're on break so anything we can do I was like put blindfolds on all the dolls so um, so this room the master bedroom uh, now I don't think, it probably is never a master bedroom in the history of this house until I moved here because this would not be where you'd have the master bedroom. Also, I didn't, we didn't have AC here until I put it in, so this room would be really hot. When I bought the house, there was like a tiny, the smallest possible bed, I don't even, I don't even know if they sell beds that small in this room, and it was like empty, like a rocking chair in that bed. But uh, this is where we had the old man sitting on the edge of the bed uh, story. Uh, but the absolute most weird thing that happened here to me that I, I don't know, I don't have a good explanation for happened in this room. And as I mentioned, I was previously married. And at the time, I was, we were just splitting up. And it was uh, Thanksgiving and uh, the night of Thanksgiving. And we'd had a, a bunch of family and friends over, uh, one friend, who lived here at one point, uh, she was like, I feel something weird is happening. Uh, uh, I- I'm leaving. Uh, there's like some kind of ghost thing happening. We're like, okay. And, and she would say that she was Chinese. And like in Chinese culture, ghosts are around because they're uh, uh, here for revenge. Like they're, 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 they're sticking around for evil purposes. And so it's interesting when I've had Chinese people stay here. I did Airbnb for a while. I was like, don't mention the ghosts because like they're gonna freak out and leave so like because in some cultures it's one thing and other like in Thai cultures ghosts are like your ancestors and you like put food out for them and like welcome them Chinese culture the ghost is like I'm up here to, to, to take you out because you know you did something to me so anyway she leaves and we're like okay fine uh, I go to bed uh, my ex-wife and uh, one of our friends Christiane the one who had experienced the ghost girl uh, go into the guest room I guess something does happen in the guest room that's related to this story. 
and they're going to sleep in that room. So I can't sleep. I'm just I'm in a bad way. I'm, I'm reading. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Words with Friends. I'm doing all the things that you can do in the middle of the night. And around probably around 4 a.m., I run out of the things that you can do by yourself in the middle of the night on the Internet. Nobody's up. No one's posting anything. There's no new news. There's just nothing. So I'm just like, I guess I should go to bed. So I turn off the light. And, like, immediately I see some movement in the room. And I was like, that's weird. So I'm like, I'm, I'm laying in bed here, and I look towards the, the, the door area, and I see, like, what appears to be smoke, like a bluish smoke. The week before, I had seen it also. I was in here. Uh, a friend was in that room. And I was like, there's like some kind of smoke in here. And they came in, and they like, I don't see anything. And I was like, well, I don't see it now, but I swear I saw some smoke. And it looks like cigarette smoke. And I say blue, it's, it's very... It's not very blue. It's like whitish, but with just a hint of blue. And it's moving. It moves as if, like, the wall is made of it and it's running over it. It's like a movie effect, really. So, like, I'm looking at it now around the door and it's just like, I'm kind of like, that's weird. And I'm like, I, I'm thinking, like, I just turned the light off. My eyes are doing a thing. But, like, it just becomes more distinctive. And I see the outline of the door, a little bit of the ceiling, and I'm just watching it. And then I kind of look over, and in that corner where that mirror is, where you guys are standing, I see two figures. And it, like saying these things out loud to a group of people, I'm all like, sounds crazy. But like, I'm just telling you what happened. Uh, because there's like a weird record of, of this. So I see two figures standing there. They are indistinct. They don't, I don't see faces. They just are made of this blue smoke. So I, being who I am, I'm like, hey, hey, you see me? <laughs> and I will say this. I was so sad when I went to bed because, like, we're splitting up. It's Thanksgiving. The family's over. I was just in a terrible mood. I was so weirdly happy, like, ecstatic. I was just like, I was like an immediately amazing good mood. I was like so happy. I was like, hey, hello, hi. And, um, and I'm laying in bed doing this, like, kind of sitting up. I'm like, hey. And the figures come right up to them, just like that. Oh. I know. Uh, you think you'd be scared. I was not scared. I was like, you can see me. I was like, hello, you know, what? Hey, but they just stand there and they look like they like turn to each other a little and then like they're looking and I'm like talking, but I'm like, I don't think you can see me, can you? Or are you like, am I look like, am I a ghost? Do I look like a ghost? I'm all like doing stuff. Uh, and this whole thing lasts about maybe 20 seconds, 30 seconds, maybe, maybe, maybe a little longer. I don't know. Time slows down when you're seeing stuff and that you've never seen before. Um, and then like it all starts just fading out and going to black. So then I was like, when it, when it kind of went black, I was terrified. Like I went from being like super happy to being like scared. That was the only time I was really scared other than when that thing flew, but that was more like a, alarm. I was like, what just happened? Did I just die? And I was thinking I saw like a light, I saw figures, I'm like putting it all together. I'm like, did I just like have a near-death experience? Because like, it was like, it's just like they say, you know? And I was just like, uh, did I see a ghost? Did I see another dimension? And was that happening in the future, in the past? Did they see me? They saw me, but like, did they hear me? I'm like, I don't know. So I was kind of like, just all freaked out about it. So I turned the light on, and then I was like, okay. So I turned the light off. Didn't happen again. Turned the light on. Well, I'll post about it on Facebook. They're like, what else am I going to do? So like, I write this post on Facebook. It's like 4 in the morning. It's like 4.20 in the morning now. I, I write this whole thing up. About what I experienced, blah, blah, blah. I hit post, and I'd say five seconds later, I get a text 
from my ex-wife. She's up. And she's like, oh my God, I just woke myself up. I was having a night terror. And, and I was like, I was awake, but I couldn't move. I was like paralyzed. And the, I saw the ghosts in the room with you and I saw blue light. And I was trying to wake myself up because I was afraid I was gonna try and help you. And like, she's like, I just saw all that happen. And she, so I was like, okay, so come in. So she came in and we talked for a while and got in a fight about 15 minutes later and then that was that. But, um, but weirdly, she saw it in the dream as it was happening. And that's something that I, I forgot to mention has happened to other people in the house where something's happening. Oh, I have another ghost story that I've got to I'd never tell you if it is a ghost. Um, uh, some of you, I mentioned the doorbell. It's terrifying. Some of you may have heard it, maybe not. I wake up in the middle of the night because the doorbells run, and it sounds like a 1950s elementary school recess bell. It's like, it's like a fire alarm or something from like a movie, you know, like in the 40s. It's very terrifying. So the doorbell rang. This is my ex-wife, and she's like, I didn't hear anything. And I was like, no, doorbell rang. So I was like, well, I'm going to go check it out. So I go downstairs, and I go to the door, nothing. I look outside, nothing. I like turn on every light in the house, and I'm just like, what? is happening here like you know anyway so maybe some kid rang the doorbell and rang. go back to bed next morning <clears throat> she was talking to my sister my sister lives in London um, and uh, she's like oh I just got off the phone with your sister I was like oh yeah how's she doing she's like good she had a really vivid dream about you the other day and she said that uh, the ghosts were gonna make you get up and go downstairs and I was like well, that's weird because like I totally got up last night because the doorbell. She's like, doorbell did not ring. I was like, no, it did. She's like, it didn't ring. I was like, hmm. Well, I got me to go downstairs. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So anyway, just like a weird thing that she has a vivid dream. That you also didn't tell the story there. about the TV coming on repeatedly. Oh yeah, well that's kind of related to stereo. Yeah, so that actually is more recent. Uh, that happened also back in the day, but at 4 a.m. the TV would turn on in that room. About. I want to say maybe about a year, it's probably a year and two two months, three months ago, 4 a.m., I wake up, TV's on in that room. Get up, turn off the TV. Walk back, you know, the eight feet or whatever it is, get back in bed. I literally am back in bed. I put my head on the pillow, TV turns on again. So I was like, it's like, get up, go in, turn off. And I'm like standing there like, okay. And I walk back. I haven't even gotten in bed. I'm standing by the edge of bed. TV turns on. So I go back and I'm like, shut the fucking TV off. I was like, stop turning the TV off. <laughs> and then like I stand there. I'm like, okay, stop it. I get back in bed and it stayed off. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so those are, that's all stuff. That's what I know. Unless I think of something else. So okay. I think. All right. Well, I think we got the, the gist now. So uh, I, I'd say, uh, do you guys want to, some of you, need to take a break or something this would be a good time we're going to start dividing up into groups and putting uh various people in various rooms for about 10 15 minutes at a time then we're going to rotate everyone's going to get a chance to uh do a little paranormal investigation inside these these two rooms in particularly um in fact what we can do is uh kind of double up and put maybe three or four people in here maybe about three or four people in there at a time. So that's like eight. We'll put some people downstairs uh, as well in the, uh, in the parlor and the den. And we'll check to make sure that we're not hearing each other. 
during during the case. Uh, if not, then what we'll do is we'll rotate and have some people ask some questions while everyone's quiet. Then people downstairs will get a chance to ask questions while people up here are quiet, and we're just going to monitor sounds. Now, <clears throat> while we're investigating this place, I want to put three people in that corner of that bedroom where the the uh, ghost dog, uh, the dog was, the German Shepherd was growling in that doorway where the paranormal is going to hang out, have two, three people parked outside just to monitor what's going on, okay? So that's what we're going to do is we're all going to kind of take turns. If some of you want to volunteer and go down into the basement and do a paranormal investigation, we can do that too. Even though there's no activity down there, that doesn't mean that there isn't something down there. Be mindful here. Just like I said, creepy, right? But it didn't stop right there. We had three investigation groups inside the house, and I was leading one of the groups inside the rec room. The room where the dogs go crazy, the room where they had the poltergeist activity, the room where at several occasions Robert and his then wife would see a vision of an old man standing between the doorframe that separated the master bedroom and the rec room. So let's jump into the more interesting and creepy part of the investigation. While I was leading an investigation in the rec room, we had collected a couple of unusual noises. But keep in mind, if you ever do join Bizarre Los Angeles for one of these amazing historical presentation and paranormal tours, the house is located between a couple of very noisy streets, so there was some noise pollution. And there were some knocks and bangs and noises that we debunked as being outside pollute noise pollution, in other words. But one investigator in the room with me who was collecting data on one of his systems that he had in his hand mentioned that he felt that someone was tugging his shirt and heard a couple knocks in the far left corner of the room. We had another team in there with us. They were another paranormal group and they had the more expensive equipment. So they had an ovulus, which is a little device that you've seen on Ghost Adventures that collects EVPs, but they collect them in written form. You may have seen this on the show where you see the written word on the device, kind of like a text message on a phone while it also speaks these words. So some of the words that it was collecting was chain and spinning. And it was funny because I was using an old school method of communication, which was meditation and also my pendulum. So my pendulum is on a silver chain and the stone that's connected to the pendulum is an amethyst stone. And how I like to communicate is by telling whatever energy or entity in that room with me to spin it counterclockwise for yes and to keep it still for no. Now, during our session, we weren't getting a lot of activity. But when Robert soon joins my group, that's when the activity really increased. Robert sat on my left and I kept the pendulum still because I wanted to ask questions in reference of Robert. So one of the questions was, do you like us being here? The pendulum starts to circle for yes. I would tell the pendulum to stop spinning and it will immediately stop. Then I asked the pendulum, do you like the fact that Robert purchased this house? And it started to spin for yes again. Then I started to ask Robert, why don't you ask whatever's here to spin this pendulum? And then he said, okay. 
are you the old man that's spinning the pendulum? And then the pendulum started to spin counterclockwise on command. Quite rapidly. As we start going deeper into the questions, I ask the pendulum, is it you that keeps on showing themselves to Robert? And can you show yourself right now to this group? The pendulum immediately spins counterclockwise. And as it's spinning counterclockwise, I'm noticing that my right hand that's holding the pendulum is starting to get really, really cold. Then soon out of nowhere, I see what looks like a small blue orb shoot in front of my pendulum. And right after I noticed this, Robert says to me, did you see that? And I said, yes. Robert then tells me, as that happened, I noticed a blackish blue mist surrounding your pendulum as it was spinning. But then it gets really exciting. We move into the master bedroom and we started to lead another group there. Now, Robert wasn't a part of this group. It was me and I believe it was six other people. I'm going to play this recording for you. This was during one of our EVP sessions in the master bedroom. And if you remembered listening to the earlier part of this episode, this is the bedroom where Robert has had a lot of experiences, unexplainable experiences. And this is a room where the old man has been seen and felt and even heard. So in this recording, you'll hear a male voice in the background It's in the next room, it's in the rec room, and that's Craig's voice, and he's leading another investigation there. But then you'll hear a young woman asking the questions, how old are you? And that's Elle. She was in one of our groups. You'll hear another voice in the background responding, and that voice is definitely inside the room, and it doesn't belong to Craig. So let's take a listen. It sounds like an immediate response of an older man with a raspy voice saying the word old. And there were no other older gentlemen in the room with us. There was a younger gentleman, but he was quiet the whole time. Um, I'm not a sound engineer guy, so I'm trying my best to amplify the sound. So here it is again. So I had a couple of friends of mine who are paranormal investigators and researchers listen to the EVP and they clearly hear a man's voice in the background immediately respond to Elle saying the word old. And they have mentioned that it does sound like it's in the room and it is immediate response and it does sound like an older man. Before the tour and presentation started in the Harris house, I ran into one of my pair of homegirls, uh, Lilia, who is actually a very, very, very popular psychic, and she's very sensitive. And when we traveled to the second floor, before we ever heard the story of the old man in the master bedroom, Lilia mentioned that there is a very, very strong male energy in that master bedroom. And at first she had to even take a step back. So that kind of in my opinion, verified that there is a very strong male presence in that room that has made himself known in many ways. Throughout the night, other individuals collected other pieces of evidence. 
I know the second night that an investigation was done there on March 9th, there was an EVP recording of what sounded like a cat meowing. So there could possibly not be a ghost dog, but maybe a ghost cat. Other individuals captured phantom footsteps along with phantom voices in the background in other EVP sessions in different areas of the house. But here's something that did spark my interest, and I noticed this throughout part of the investigation, especially in the master bedroom. Usually when we go into an area or in a room that has paranormal activity, we always notice a decrease in temperature. And for non-light spirits, spirits tend to take energy from the space and it creates the feeling of coolness, right? Well, in the master bedroom, the bedroom was really, really cold. And during the investigation, several individuals started to feel very, very, very warm. And I was thinking, okay, maybe it's just anxiety, nervousness, probably hormonal change, and the, or the fact that there's, you know, six to seven people in the room. But one of my paranormal, I guess, senseis mentioned to me after reviewing the evidence at the Harris house is generally it is deceased loved ones who are crossed over spirit guides and angels that tend to add energy into the space and create the feeling of warmth. In other words, whenever there's a yin, there's going to be a yang. There's going to be an opposite effect, which I found quite interesting. Love to know your thoughts. Have you ever felt a room go very, very warm during an investigation? Let us know. Email us at hallowearparanormal at gmail.com. So as a conclusion, is the historic Harris house haunted? In my opinion, I 100% agree. The first-hand accounts from Robert and his past wife along with the accounts of other visitors that have stayed the night there, they've felt and definitely seen something at that house. Not to mention what we went through during our investigations deems credible. So here's our closer. Would you stay at the Harris house? That is the biggest question. Myself, I would. And we all know what Bryce would do. Bryce would stay in a car miles and miles and miles away. All right, guys. Well, that ends our little mini-sode on the historical Harris House in Glendale, California. We definitely have to give a few shout-outs to some amazing individuals. We want to give a shout-out to Robert Koshlin, Cleopatra, and their puppy, their little rescue Pomeranian, Mr. Apricot, for being amazing hosts on March 8th and March 9th. And also, we want to say a big thank you to Craig Owens, a.k.a. Bizarre Los Angeles, Craig was awesome and he gave such a wonderful historical presentation. And if you haven't read his book, Haunted by History, Volume 1, then you're missing out on a lot of good stuff. If you love history and haunted history in California, then this is your book. So go check him out. Follow him on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bizarre Los Angeles. If you want to find out more information and go deep into detail about the historical Harris House, then go on their website thehistoricharrishouse.com. If you love Holly Weird Paranormal, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot, and it helps us become a little more visible, even though we'd like to talk about the things that tend to be invisible. Can't get enough of Holly Weird Paranormal? Then stalk us on Instagram and Facebook at Holly Weird Paranormal and Twitter at HWP Podcast. Trust me, you won't regret it. Have a story that you're dying to share, no pun intended? Then email us at hollyweirdparanormal at gmail.com. 
catch up with our past episodes on Blueberry, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, CastBox, Player FM, and Spotify. All right, guys, till next time, always remember to stay Holly weird. <laughs>